0: Late Night Council is a production of Council Communications.
1: This is Late Night Council.
2: This is bigger. This is very big. There's definitely something here.
3: Apparently, it's a big deal. It's all over the news.
4: It's the real thing. A radio signal from another world.
3: John Council. That's my grandpa. Well, your story is very compelling. Your chance to make history.
5: That's pretty cool, I guess.
3: Give it to me straight.
2: John, you're in charge.
1: Happy Father's Day. Oh, you know, and I think that may be a theme tonight. You know, it's always open line, open topic. You can talk about whatever you want, and I'm always trying to give you the biblical perspective on whatever you bring to the program and whatever I bring to the program, but I think Father's Day is going to be coming up a lot tonight. And and if you, if you check me out on Twitter in the last uh, half hour or so, I, I've also got a treat for you. I've got probably five of the best uh, uh, Father's Day tunes you know you've ever heard. Yeah, a lot of them, really good ones. You know, you're going to be entertained. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be. It's it's a great show tonight. Got a lot of great stuff to talk about. Okay, and if you want to uh, uh, derail it, and if you want to take it over, and if you want to hijack it with uh, you know your own thoughts and what you want to talk about. Man, you get so much freedom on this program. I mean, even when even when I come on the air, so excited that I want to talk about stuff, your calls are always going to take precedence. And uh, you know, uh, we haven't had a lot of you ab- abuse that privilege yet so we can still do that. Okay, 34374390. Is the capital region line? That's for Ottawa, Gatineau, the whole capital region line. That's the Canadian capital, Fostel. If you are listening in the District of Columbia down south of the border there, you know, you can hear us too. You can get a call in, okay? But uh, you're going to have to use the other numbers. So first, I'm going to give you the Canadian capital region number, 343 4390. Here it comes again, 343 Now, if you are listening from Washington, D.C., if you are listening from uh, Joe Bats uh, arm Newfoundland if you are listening from uh, wankers corner Oregon or Castroville Texas or Great Neck New York 1-844-562-4766 that's your number that's 1-844-562-4766 you can email me it's got to be under six lines and it's got to be airworthy jc at late night that's the email uh, uh, connection jc at late night you can tweet at me at J W Council, okay? And I'll get your Twitter handle out there, and, you know, you'll be world famous, and you'll be just, uh, you know, breathing down Justin Bieber's neck and Katy Perry and Madonna and everybody else that has more followers on Twitter than you do. But not for long! You call the show, get your name out there, and, boy, everybody's just going to love you. 343 4390 in the uh, Capital Region, one 562 4766 is the long-distance line. Um... So do you think, and, and before you think I'm, I'm crazy here, i got to throw out a question to you. How long do you think they're gonna, How do you think? How long do you think it's going to be before we don't have Father's Day anymore and we don't have Mother's Day anymore? Oh, John, you're being silly. Come on now. You're just being sensational. That's empty hype. Well, one of the guys that I, and I, I mention this often, one of the guys I love quoting, I love his articles because he's putting out good stuff all the time, is uh, Dr. Michael Brown. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, I put out just about all the articles that I hope to cover tonight, and I don't always get to them, but uh, I'm going to do my best tonight. And uh, he's really been, and I find myself quoting Michael Brown a lot lately because he's commenting a lot on uh, what's going on here in Canada. Because if you're part of the Christian community in the United States, they're looking north of the border, and, and a lot of them in the Christian community down there. And I know, you know some of you are anti-American, you need to really get over it, okay? I'm talking to people that are part of the body of Christ now, people that you know kind of are connected to Jesus in a real way, and you're not just religious, okay? You need to give it a rest, okay? And, and, and people within the, the, the real faith community south of the border, they're freaking out over what's going on in Canada. They can't believe how much our culture is changing. And for you American friends that are listening right now, I'm telling you right now, whatever you're hearing about what's going on in Canada, just let me say this. It's way worse than what you hear right now, okay? Yeah, it's way worse than what you hear. I mean, you're just getting news reports. We're living in the middle of this, okay? And if any of you listeners from Canada think that I'm misrepresenting the catcher and you want to call in and take me to on hey, feel free. That's I'm offering you this uh, uh, this platform here, yeah, here and uh, you go for it. Um, I want to, and Michael's been doing his homework, okay, he's been following Canadian media, and he just put out an article, uh, let's see, a little while ago, uh, said, uh, this came out during Mother's Day, but it's, it's, it's just as revel, uh, relevant for Father's Day, getting rid of Mother's Day and Father's Day to celebrate diversity, did you hear that? Yeah, that's probably going to happen probably the next three to five years here in Canada. Because there's a lot of forces that have got way more authority than they should have. But, you know, we typically Canadians, we don't, you know, we don't fight back for nothing, you know. And uh, they, they've kind of taken over everything in our culture here. And uh, he writes that, that, that we're, and I have a tough, tough time disagreeing with him, there's a very real possibility we're going to have Father's Day and Mother's Day. They're going to kibosh it because, well, it just doesn't celebrate diversity. Now, I've got to quote a few uh, of his thoughts here, okay, from the, uh, the article that I posted on on uh, Twitter and on the Late Night Council Facebook page. If you want to go there and check it out and read the whole thing so you know I'm not quoting it out of context. An elementary school... And this happened a month ago. An elementary school is canceling Mother's and Father's Day events in an effort to celebrate diversity. Now, this is in Canada now, okay? And inclusively, after a traumatic incident involving one of its students, in case you're wondering, this is not a satirical website. This actually happened. The school would not reveal what the traumatic incident was, only that it involved a student and its parents. In a letter sent to parents, the staff explained a Mother's Day and Father's Day approach As Mother's Day and Father's Day approach, we have met as a primary team, that's grades one and two, to discuss our core values. In an effort to celebrate diversity, inclusivity, and also nurture our students who are part of of non-traditional families, we have decided to encourage those celebrations to take place at home. Due to this, the children will not be making gifts at school to give on Mother's Day and Father's Day. We feel each family knows the best way to celebrate with their own family. So... And he makes his comment here. So in order to celebrate diversity and inclusivity, normalcy is ignored. And a very tiny, tiny tale consisting of one student in this particular school and its parents now wags a very large dog, which is the rest of the school. Now, he writes about the reaction of where this and when this happened. One parent posted a response to the school on Facebook And the post was shared by hundreds of people. I think disappointed is an understatement. This will be the first year that we don't get gifts crafted with love from our kids. And since we only have one little one, now it makes it all that much worse. I don't understand why we as Canadians need to give up our traditions that have been passed through generations. I welcome all races and ethnicities, but forcing us to give up things that are important to us as Canadians is crap. And it doesn't even have anything to do with religion. You can't celebrate your mom and dad? Apparently you can't. Because it's possible that this might be traumatic for little Johnny and his two dads. Should he have nothing to do while the other kids made Mother's Day presents? I don't know that this is what happened. I'm using it as a potential example, Dr. Brown says. Yes, this is how you celebrate diversity and inclusivity. By punishing the 99% who do not fit into your non-traditional categories. A little bit more. And he quotes the Toronto Star here. Over at the Star, national columnist Emma Title wrote that when it comes to Mother's Day and Father's Day, rather than make people feel good, they tend to make them feel bad or excluded. Isn't that good you got a high-profile national journalist to tell you how you really feel? on Father's Day or Mother's Day. Makes them feel bad and excluded. She continues, for example, both Mother's Day and Father's Day are extremely difficult for people who have lost parents or children. A reality that many who have experienced stillbirth pregnancies, for instance, have begun to write about openly in recent years. Oh yeah, Emma. Well, my daughter, my wife and I, we had a daughter that died right in the due date. Okay. We know what stillbirths are all about. Okay. For you to use that as a reason to make to, that Father's Day and Mother's Day are, you know, make people feel bad. I think you're full of something brown and it stinks. But that's just my opinion. I want to hear the rest of yours. The gendered holidays, I go back to Dr. Brown's article, he's quoting him a title here. The gendered holidays are also also generally a drag for non-binary parents who don't identify with a single gender. Some of these parents have even begun advocating online for creation of a brand new holiday to recognize parents who aren't male or female. A proposed date for Non-Binary Parents' Day is July the 17th. I don't know why she picked July 17th, but hey... When you're espousing politically correct stuff that our government is uh, uh, imposing on us in a fascist-like way, you don't have to give reasons for anything. If you're on the right side of political correctness, oh my goodness, you can wield authority and there's nothing anybody can do about it. The last lines of uh, Michael Brown's article here. Mother's Day and Father's Day will outlast non-binary parents' day. And Guardian's Day, and he mentioned the Guardian's Day, that's a really politically correct term, you know, because Guardian's Day, like, you know, the whole pop culture and Guardians of the Galaxy and all that. Okay, non-binary parents' day and Guardian's Day, the gender binary is here to stay, and no amount of protesting, its normalcy and dominance will undo the basics of biology and the foundations of family life. We could show compassion to those who are on the margins without turning the world upside down. Because this, is, and I agree with them, because this whole thing has never been about equality and standing up for the rights of marginalized people. Okay, it's not about that at all. And don't believe the hooey that the politically correct fascists and media and government tell you. Okay, it's about stamping out everything that has a semblance of traditional morality. Okay. And at the core of it is an attack because traditional morality is based on the Judeo-Christian ethic more than anything in our culture. And they not, they not only want to silence anybody that adheres to a biblical morality, they want us in prison. In fact, some of them even advocated execution. And if you look at their comedy bits, they actually act them out now. That's usually when the culture starts shifting. You know, when they start making jokes about, you know, how we should get rid of people. And then kind of consciences get numbed. And before you know it, when it actually starts happening, people aren't too foreign to the idea because they've had that in their entertainment for years before it actually starts happening. Any honest student of culture, honest student of history will recognize it, that history repeats itself often in this vein. So you think I'm being inflammatory? Okay. Do you think I'm maybe... Sensationalizing in any way? Take me to task on it. I see. I'm not yet seeing. There's big pushback in the states against this kind of stuff. Okay, because Americans know that you know if if you want to if you want the right to continue, and I don't even the politically right, but if you want sanity to prevail, and if you want to keep yourself from being taken over by fascist and totalitarian and you you got to fight back. Canada doesn't have a history of that. Canada, we're good little people. We do what we're told. Even if what we're told goes against everything in our moral conscience, oh, no, 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 we've got to deny our moral conscience because the people we elect, the people who run our universities, the people that are doing the news, they know what's right and wrong for us much better than we do. What were we thinking to think for ourselves? My goodness, we can't do that. Well, you're not going to get that message in the Bible. If you go to the Bible, the Bible's going to tell you to think for yourself. In fact, there's a number of scriptures in the Proverbs that say, in all you're getting, get understanding. In other words, get smart. I'm not talking about Maxwell smart, you know. I mean, get smart. Give your head a shake. Think about what's really going on here. Of course, you know, you're probably good at that because, you know, you've already tuned in to Late Night Council and you're halfway there. We're gonna have a great show tonight. We really are. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. You know what? I'll tell you how how positive I am that we're gonna have a great show here tonight. If I don't get any calls in the next hour and forty five minutes, we're still gonna have a great show here tonight. Okay. But I would prefer yakking with you and hearing what you have to say. I've got emails ready. That is, I got airworthy emails that are already you know in the bullpen, warming up, waiting to come into the real game. They're gonna get on the air. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety is the Capital Region line. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety one eight four four five six two four seven six six that number is good for all across North America use it I pay a lot of money so you can avail yourself to it one eight four four five six two four seven six six you can tweet at me at JW council you can you can uh, 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 email me JC at com. now I got a really really important message from uh, uh, you know a beloved sponsor that I want to get out there okay and, and and it's really really important that we have that kind of stuff going on because if we don't have sponsors well you know we hardly have a we hardly have a show at all and then and then i want i tell you, tell you what's coming on in the next few minutes now okay we got the, um we got the sponsor coming on okay and uh, you're gonna hear a very important message from them and then and then and this is gonna be yeah I'm, i don't know if i'll play the whole tune out i'm gonna play you probably one of those most heartfelt dad songs ever now it's never really promoted as a dad song but you know what i kind of i kind of was listening to the lyrics earlier tonight and i was thinking you know what that song kind of sounds like God talking to Western culture and kind of kind of talking to Western culture as if that Western culture is his kid and where that kid is going. Have you got the tune figured out yet? Well, after the message, you're going to hear it. Stay with us. Grab a phone line right back after these really, really important messages.
5: EMM Group is the authorized Integraspec distributor for the Greater Ottawa area, providing technically advanced insulated concrete farms. The design virtually eliminates waste while providing the ultimate energy efficient, quiet homes and structures. With over 40 years' experience in the concrete industry, EMM offers the best product to homeowners and contractors. Canadian made Integraspec is now being used worldwide. More info can be found at Integraspec.com. Don't consider building any other way. Call your ICF specialist, 613
3: 835 2600 son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary had to rest. Don't you cry no
2: more.
1: and it just keeps on playing and playing and playing and playing oh i could, that song is 41 years old and I, man I, I still i still enjoy it I can remember being 16 years old and working in the warehouse of Canadian Tire in St. Catharines, loading up, you know, fertilizer and Christmas stuff and, you know, moving skids around with, with uh, you know, forklifts and everything. And, and that playing, you know, I remember the first time I ever heard I think that was one of the first times I ever heard it. And I thought, wow, that's pretty good. Who's that? Well, that, that was Dave Hope. Phil e. Hart, Robbie Steinhardt, Steve Walsh, and Rich Williams. Now, you don't know who they are, you know, uh, individually, but together you may have heard of Kansas. Happy Father's Day. 343-700-4390 is the number to call in the Capital Region. one 562 4766 Who we got on the line here? Who's on the line? You have Doug here on the line. Hi, Doug. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. Thanks for taking my call. Where are you calling from? Uh, carp. You're calling from Carp. carp the, the booming metropolis of Carp. Are you dry? Oh yeah, <laughs> you are. Okay, that's good. I want to make sure you're dry because you guys had a lot of problems with floods there, didn't you? Um, not so much. No, not so much in Carp.
4: Um, over by the Ottawa River and stuff. Yes, for
1: sure. What's on your mind, Doug?
4: Well, I was listening to your uh, opening monologue there and uh um, I just wanted to comment uh, i I used to have a lot of uh, a little bit of trouble with uh, mother's day um, um, my oldest uh, child uh, lost his mother at a at a, a young age and mm-hmm. uh, you know and sometimes I would say oh, well that's you know it's hard for hard for him you know and uh, so the sort of things you were talking about making crafts in school and that sort of thing but you know the He's older now. He's a lot older now, and I don't think that the uh, children, I don't think it's, it's all that hard uh, on them, actually. I think uh, we don't give them enough uh, enough credit. Um, what we used to do, it, it became like a memorial-type day. Sometimes we'd uh, uh, jump on the bike and head down to the gravesite and uh, that, that sort wow. of thing. Um, you know, he, uh, he knew... Uh, he knew it was uh, different. He knew the scenario. And, uh, you know, if he had to make a craft, he made it for his grandmother. And, uh, um, you know, it still became a, a special day for us uh, as well. So, like, even, the, well, even th- families that aren't traditional, um, I, I, I don't see that you have to change it just to, to fit every little mold, every little scenario, you know.
1: But you were able to make a very, very powerful statement in your son's life there. I mean, every day, whether he wants to or not, every every at least once one day a year, he thinks about his mom. It's his mom's day. His mom's passed on. But his mom is a very, very real part of his life. And to me, that's a profound opportunity for him to bond with his mom that he never, you know, that he never met, I guess, or or she died, you know, when he was young. And, and and for for Emma Tidal to say oh it makes people feel bad what kind of dark universe are you coming from you know i remember that year because you know heather my wife our our our, our next daughter lindsay was born like uh, uh, just a year and a month after we lost rachel who was our first daughter that that died and uh, you would i mean you would my wife would have been offended you know if if anybody said well we don't want to talk about mothers day because you know like uh, heather lost a a, a a little baby girl excuse me i mean <laughs> She's as much a mother as anybody, and and uh, she would be insulted if you if you, you spoke of you know even a uh, uh, the hint of of well we don't want to say anything you know because we don't want to make people feel bad. I mean it depends it it depends on how you are going to react to it. And I would suggest I would suggest that anybody that's coming against Father's Day or Mother's Day, it's got nothing to do with inclusivity. Okay, it's got nothing to do with trying to you know make no. everybody feel good. It's got everything to do with this blatant. And I, I'm one of the Few guys that exposes it, this blatant attack on 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 traditional morals and you know uh, uh, moral absolutes, you know, because they want to live in a world of moral relativism where you can change you know the norms of society just on a whim, and that's that's the culture we're living in in Canada right now, unfortunately. But some of us are not taking it lying down, and we're fighting back.
4: Mm-hmm. Thanks, I Doug. had a female friend uh, today uh, tweet out that. Uh, she, uh, she's a single, uh, single mom, and she tweeted out, Happy Father's Day to me. So to me, I took Good that as, her. well, now she's, she's, she's reflecting that, you know, she's doing dual jobs. She, she has a, a, a hard life because she's doing both jobs as a parent. But again, Father's Day is a, a reflection of her, her, uh, uh, her um, extra commitment, her extra, yeah. um, and, y- you know, her accomplishment of doing both the jobs. You and know? she's and, very uh, wisely again, acknowledging
1: a, it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good, good for her. That's excellent. Thanks, Doug. Good call as usual, buddy. Good having All you right. on.
5: There nice. goes Doug. Nice talking great, Doug.
1: to you. Yeah, great talking to you. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. JC at late night You could tweet at me at JW Council. It's open line, open topic, as you know. The ask the pastor version of late night counts always is, and that's the only version I do now. Okay. But you can't go open line, open topic, okay? I'm always going to try and steer you around to faith. I'm always going to try and steer you around to what, you know, the, the the biblical perspective is on whatever you bring to the program. But you can come at me, you know, whatever, uh, uh, from whatever angle you want. And uh, I, I just want to uh, keep you informed, you know, I, I got the best Father's Day songs. the best The best dad songs you've ever heard are going to be on the show tonight. I hope, I hope... I hope you more churchy types don't get too teched off with some of the tunes that are going to be coming because I don't know. I, I just, you know, here I am. I am a full time preacher of the gospel, and, and most of the stuff that calls itself Christian music today, okay, that is making, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe even billions. And it's just me. It's not my, your problem. It's mine. It just bores me to tears. Okay, and 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 I like the tunes. I like and and I don't mind it, you know selling them on it a little bit. Now I just quoted Michael Brown's article on, you know, uh, uh, the threat to Mother's Day and Father's Day. And, of course, that's what Doug called about. I want to repeat again his last uh, line here, okay? It says, Mother's Day and Father's Day will outlast non-binary parents' day and guardians' day. The gender binary is here to stay, and no amount of protesting, its normalcy and dominance will undo the basics of biology and the foundations of family life. We can show compassion to those who are on the margins without turning the world upside down. But you see... That is what the agenda is of most of this so-called inclusiveness is all about. They want to turn the world upside down. They don't want any dissent. They want to imprison people that don't go along with their agenda. Okay? Now, there's another article that's come out, and this was just written yesterday, and again, I posted this. On uh, the on uh, the Twitter page, so it's on the late night council. It's on the late night council Facebook page as well. You can read it in its entirety, and I put them out there because I want I, I want you to know that w- that when I quote articles, I'm not quoting these things out of context. Okay, you can read them for yourself, and uh, you do need to t- You should take the time to do that, and I'm just going to give you. And again, this is coming from uh, uh, an American writer. Okay, an American writer. They're seeing what's going up here in Canada, and they can't believe what we Canadians are putting up with. Especially Canadians in the in the Christian community. Okay, I'm just going to give you the headline, and then we got to go to an information break. And I want to play another you know terrific Father's Day tune for you. Canadians to face hate crimes charges and prison for anti-transgender speech. Did you hear that? Now, none of our mainstream media is reporting it in such stark terms, but people that know what these laws are really all about and what the implications are, and they've seen in history before where this type of th- stuff goes. They got her down pretty much, okay? They know exactly where this is going. Let me repeat that headline because we're going to get into it when we come back for the information break. Canadians to face hate crimes charges and prison for anti-transgender speech. Well, we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to tick anybody off. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Well, wait till you hear how they define hate crimes, how that's being redefined. Wait till you hear... Wait till you hear what passes for hate speech now it is gonna it is gonna blow you away. you you will not you will not uh, you will not believe it okay so a message from the sponsor and and I won't tell you what the next tune is but I will give you a hint. I'm not really into country music okay but you're gonna hear one of the one of the best uh, uh, dad songs ever and it's a country music. T- it's probably my all-time favorite country music tune. I don't know if I've ever played it on the air before. I may have, you know. I mean, I've forgotten more things that you can remember. But you remember to tune in, you know, to uh, latenightcouncil.com. It's great to have you. It's going to be an awesome show. It's already going pretty good already. You just uh, stay right where you are, okay?
5: EMM Group is the authorized Integraspec distributor for the Greater Ottawa area, providing technically advanced insulated concrete farms. The design virtually eliminates waste while providing the ultimate energy efficient, quiet homes and structures. With over 40 years' experience in the concrete industry, EMM offers the best product to homeowners and contractors. Canadian made Integraspec is now being used worldwide. More info can be found at Integraspec.com. Don't consider building any other way. Call your ICF specialist, 613 835 2600.
3: Papa drove a truck nearly all his life You know it drove Mama crazy being a trucker's wife The part she couldn't handle was of being alone I guess she needed more to hold than just a telephone Papa called Mama each and every night Just to ask her how she was and if his kids were alright Mama would wait for that call to come in But when Daddy'd hang up, well,
4: she was gone again Mama
3: was a looker, Lord, how she shined sky. Papa loved Mama, Mama loved me. Mama's in the graveyard, Papa's in the bin Really was bound to happen one night a death. Papa came home and it was just a skid. He had a dozen roses and a When Papa fired it up and hit it into town. Well, oh, the picture in the paper showed the scene real well. Papa's rig was buried in the local motel. The desk clerk said he saw it all real clear. He never had the brakes and he was shifting gear. Mama was a looker, Lord, I should shine. Papa was a good and brother jealous guy. yeah
1: there's only one problem with this song here okay it's way too short. It's less than three minutes long. Now, I'm not a I'm not a Garth Brooks fan. I, I really don't care. I mean, I, I think Garth Brooks, if he's not the biggest selling country music artist in history, he's certainly in the top four. Incredibly popular. This guy, this guy sold out um, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium that seats like eighty thousand for concerts. Okay, I mean, insanely popular. And that's really the only tune by him I really really like, but it's less than 3 minutes long. I always and I would I would not pay to go see Garth Brooks. I'm sorry. If I'm going to pay to go see somebody, I got to like at least 4 or 5 of your tunes. And and I like one of his. But I've heard that tune for years, and I thought, man, you know, I wonder if he does that. I wonder if he, when he does that live, I hope he does it six or seven minutes long. I mean, it just begs for guitar solos. It begs, you know, to just to wind that thing out and and, and, and add maybe a verse or two or some improvisation, but I'm waxing musical now, and I know that, you know, that that doesn't really turn your crank. You're more into the, you know, the commentary, aren't you? So welcome to uh, Late Night Council. Uh, welcome back to uh, uh, Ask the Pastor. And it's kind of a father's day theme tonight so I, I I went after uh the best you know dad papa loved mama father tunes you know that that I could find for your uh well not necessarily as much for your listening enjoyment but so that I can get a breather you know to kind of reload when I come back and you know yak about more important things and if you want to get in on it 343-700-4390 in uh the capital region here that's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. If you're calling long distance from anywhere outside of the 613 or 343 area code, if you're calling from, I don't know, Boston Bar, British Columbia, if you're calling from Gum Springs, Arkansas, if you're calling from Haddock, Georgia, or I don't know, Plain Dealing, Louisiana, one 562 4766 That's your number, one 562 four seven six six JC at Late Night Council is the email address. Keep it under six lines and it's gotta be airworthy and we'll get to the emails, but callers do take precedence, and you can tweet at me at JW Council as well. Now I kind of hinted before we went to the break, okay? And I gave you the headline of the article that I posted on Twitter and on the Late Night Council Facebook page by Anna uh, Anagra Kumar. Uh, Canadians to face hate crime charges, prison, or anti for anti transgender speech. Now, what does that mean? That means by not calling a man or a woman, a man or a woman, you know what they are, if you don't call somebody what they are biologically are, according to every chromosome in their body, because there is no nature and the facts don't recognize transgenderism, okay? You can take your hormone treatments, you can have your sexual organs removed if you're a male, you can get your body augmented, it doesn't matter. Your biology is going to say you are either male or you are female. It's a scientific fact, okay? Because scientific facts don't care about people's feelings, okay? Scientific facts don't budge because of the political whims and the fads of culture. It's just the way it is. But in Canada now, and the Senate has just passed this law. I'll give you the details in a second here. The Senate has just uh, uh, sent this to the House that are going to vote on it. And there's no reason to believe that it will not become law probably within the next two to three months. Okay? So if you call somebody by what they are biologically, a man or a woman, instead of what they want to be called, you will get thrown in jail for hate crimes. Uh, this is, I am not exaggerating. Okay? That is what it has come to here in Canada. I'll give you a bit of Anagra Kumar's article here. You can read the whole thing. I've posted it on Twitter and on the Late Night Council Facebook page. Canada's Senate has passed a law against the use of wrong gender pronouns, which critics say would allow authorities to charge those who deny gender theory. I'm glad he called it theory. That's the first time I've read that in commentary. Gender theory. Good on you, Anagra. People who deny gender theory will be charged with hate crimes leading to imprisonment, fines for anti-bias or anti-bias training. In other words, they're going to put you in a room and, and program you into you know, the, the fascist implementation of really you know uh, 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 newspeak and, 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 and thought control. Bill C-16 passed by a vote of 67 to 11 just this last week more than a year after being introduced according to global news which is you know the big news outfit here in canada which said it adds protection of a gender identity and expression to the canadian human rights code and includes them within the protections provided by the hate speech and hate crime provisions of the criminal law the measure now awaits royal assent from the house of commons which as i said with a bill like this and you know where the federal liberals are on this they want to they want to ramrod this through as soon as they can okay and uh, it's it's, uh, it's waiting to be passed by the House. In Canada, we celebrate inclusion and diversity and all Canadians should feel safe to be themselves, said Justice Minister Jody Wilson-Raybould just last week at the passing of this Senate bill. Trans- and gender-diverse persons must be granted equal status in Canadian society, and this bill makes that status explicit in Canadian law. The purpose of this legislation is to ensure that everyone can live according to their gender identity and express their gender as they choose. It will protect people from discrimination, hate propaganda, and hate crimes. University of Toronto psychology professor Dr. Jordan Peterson, who we have quoted often on this broadcast, An invitee to the Senate committee had early told the committee that the bill was an unprecedented threat to freedom of expression. We will seriously regret this, he tweeted, after the bill was passed. Canada's Campaign Life Coalition group also criticized the passage of the bill. This tyrannical bill is nothing but social engineering to the nth degree, all in the name of political correctness, said Vice President of Campaign Life Coalition Jeff Gunnarsson. Mark my words, this law will not be used as some sort of shield to defend vulnerable transsexuals, but rather as a weapon with which to bludgeon people of faith and free-thinking Canadians who refuse to deny truth. The group's senior political strategist, Jack Fonseca, was quoted as saying, Ontario Human Rights Code guidelines mandate the use of genderless pronouns on request. Lawyer D. Jared Brown also an appointee to the committee, pointed out as an example, mandating use of pronouns requires one to use words that are not their own, that imply a belief in or agreement with a certain theory on gender. He was quoted as saying, if you try to disavow that theory, you can be brought before the Human Rights Commission for misgendering or potentially finding yourself guilty of a hate crime. To sum up, on the subject of gender, we're going to have government mandated speech. Okay, if you don't say the right words, they've even re- they've def- they've redefined hate crime in Canada now because they want to go after anybody. They want to go after anybody. that's certainly coming from a biblical or or a, or a, 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 a Jewish perspective. Okay, and I don't think the Muslims are too you know uh, thrilled with this either. Okay. They want to silence us. They want to take away our rights of freedom of expression. And I said this last week. Everybody that was on the bandwagon of same-sex marriage, their whole maxim was, well, how is this going to affect you? We just want freedom for everybody. All these transgender laws and, and the, the successful efforts to silence any dissent and to the point of fining imprisoning, imprisoning anybody who doesn't disagree, none of this would have happened without same-sex marriage legislation. Okay. And when did same-sex marriage legislation come in? It came in under Stephen Harper. Stephen Harper did nothing. Stephen Harper, a professing Bible-believing Christian who did absolutely nothing to stop it. Wouldn't even take a stand, wouldn't even be true to his old moral convictions. Even though Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me and my words, I will be ashamed of you before my Father who is in heaven. And like so many other politicians before him, Jean Chrétien, Joe Clark, Paul Martin, Pierre Trudeau, now Justin Trudeau, when questioned about you know taking stands for moral issues that are diametrically opposed to their— most of these guys are Catholic, Stephen Harper evangelical, okay? Almost every one of them says, well, I think that's a personal thing, and I don't talk about that. In total denial of what the Scripture says, a follower of Christ actually believes and says. That's why on this program, often I, I differentiate between the cultural understanding of what a Christian is and what the Bible says a Christian is, okay? And, and you know, these cultural Christians, they paint Jesus as, oh, he's a wonderful reformer, wise man, great guy, you know, and, and we just love him. He's all love, love, love. Yeah, he is love, 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 okay? But you need to understand he's also, he's also one with the Father. He claimed to be God. That got him killed, Okay? The Jews accused him of blasphemy and were able to talk the Romans into executing him because of his claims to be God. Now, people that seriously follow Jesus Christ, we believe he is God. So if he's really God, as Colossians says that of Christ, that he is before all things and in him all things hold together, that means he created everything. And he, he created the mama grizzly bear. Now, you want to talk about love. Oh, yeah. It even says in 1 John 4 that God is love. Okay? He didn't just create love. He is love. You see, we got a really, really shallow understanding of what love is. Most of Western culture thinks that love is a chemical reaction. In other words, oh, you move me. I'm turned on. You know, if you love me, you know, you'll, 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 you'll put out or whatever. Okay? we got a really selfish concept of love. And I could go all night on just talking about what what it means when it says God is love. Let me give you let me give you a bit of an illustration from nature. Okay, there's nothing more beautiful than a mother's love. Okay, even in nature, you see you know you see like uh, 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 animals and mammals you know that, that that protect their young and nurture their young. Get between a mother grizzly bear and her cubs you're going to see the power of love like you've never seen it before. You're going to see an aspect of love that will scare the living daylights out of you. And remember, that protection is motivated by the creator. The creator created the grizzly bear to be like that. That's about the rawest form of love that you can get. So when Jesus took up the whip and drove the money changers out of the temple, that was motivated by love. It was motivated for by his love for his father and how pure and holy and wonderful it is and how dare you turn it into a den of thieves. And he went after those guys. That's why, that's, why, that's why I'm attracted to the biblical Jesus. I got no time for this religious Jesus that every everybody makes into their own image. If you want to find out what Jesus is really like, read the Bible. He'll scare the daylights out of you. Like when he says to his followers, now he doesn't say this to the crowd because the crowd used to follow him for the magic show. You know, they were looking to get healed, they were looking to get fed. You know, oh yeah, Jesus in town, maybe I can get something done with this. You know, this bum hip of mine. But often you see in the gospels where he he says he calls his followers to himself. He says, "Hey, come here, get a little closer here," and he says things like this. Okay, you want to follow me? You want to follow me? Deny yourself. Take up your cross. What's a cross? You know, we read that now. Well, of course, that's a cross. What he died on. Yeah, but to a cross to them, it had totally different meaning. It was like him saying, you know what? You want to follow me? Bring your suicide, bring your torture device and follow me. What? What are you talking about? Because it will cost you everything. In fact, all men are going to hate you because of me. That's how that's how prevalent evil is in the world. When evil encounters the real God, when evil encounters the real spirit of Christ, it has no place for it, okay? And it feels threatened by it. That's why every totalitarian dictator, from Mussolini to Hitler to Stalin to Pol Pot, go back as far back in history, they were always threatened by Christians. The most peaceful, loving, cooperative, good citizens. Why would these totalitarian dictators be threatened by such outwardly benign individuals? Because these individuals, these individuals answered to a higher authority, and they couldn't be controlled because they had been set free by the creator of all things. And they were a threat. And all those dictators were motivated by, I believe, demonic evil. And when, when, when the devil encounters real faith like that, he does everything to stamp it out, and you can see it in this whole fascist political correctness that's sweeping our culture now. It's got nothing to do with rights. It's got nothing to do with inclusivity. It's got everything to do with stamping out every bit of dissent. And most of that dissent is coming from people who read the Bible and say, hey, whoa, just a second here. We don't agree. We're going to be peaceful. We're going to be the best citizens. In fact, we're going to have more people involved in charities and volunteering than any other single group in Western culture. We're the people feeding the poor. We're the people that are visiting people in prison. We're the people that are making sure the naked are clothed. We're the ones that stepped in when they pulled the plug on all the mental health programs in Ontario, and you saw an explosion of missions works in inner cities in Canada because nobody was there to step in the gap. It's the followers of Christ that have done that, okay? And we happen to disagree with this cultural oppression that's coming on with us, on us. And I'll tell you what they're going to do. They've already did it. A, a, a kind-hearted, wonderful lady by the name of Linda Gibson who has spent, what, 12 years in prison? 12 years in prison! In Ontario prisons! Wow, she must be nasty, huh? Hey, look, at there are rapists and child molesters that haven't done as much time as Linda Gibson. You know what Linda Gibson has done? All she has done is expressed her disagreement with our abortion laws. Her only crime is standing on a corner. Next to abortion clinics and giving people that might have abortions, you know, some information on on what they're really doing. 12 years in prison for that in a so-called free country. That's just one example that's been going on for all 20 years in this country. And they want to turn the heat up. I'm telling you, they are not going to be satisfied until everybody who adheres to biblical morality is silenced. And I believe with all my heart at the core of it is, is a demonic attack. Yeah, you can quote me on that. 343 4390 That's 343 That's the capital region phone number, 343 700 562 4766 That's uh, the uh-huh. long distance line. JCAtLateNightCouncil.com is the email address. You could tweet at me at JW Council. Got a little bit of an info update. I don't know if I'm going to play another Father's Day tune for you on this break, but I'm asking you to come back when it's done. Okay? It's not going to be that long. Exercise some patience. I need to catch my breath. Stay with us. I'm reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-700-4390. That's 343 74390 4390 That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America. 1-844-LNC is on. That's one 844 1-844-562-4766 Our call service is automated, so you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now, don't sweat that; just follow the on-air prompts, and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at TuneInRadio.com or Google Play, or just click the Listen Live button at LateNightCouncil.com. But you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. council does not exist without advertisers so if you want to buy time email me at jc at late night and the rates are so cheap because you know we're just relaunching and getting things going again you are going to absolutely love the rates and of course your feedback is always welcome tell us what you like tell us what you don't like and thanks for tuning in we're back live in just a few seconds so hang in there Welcome back. Let's see what we got for emails here from Mike here. JC at latenightcouncil.com. You want to send me an email? Okay. Calls take precedence. Okay. If I got calls coming in, they're going to get on the air. In fact, emails sometimes don't even get on the air. If we have calls because calls take precedence because it's primarily a phone-in show. So three four three seven hundred forty three ninety 4390 in the capital region. three four three seven hundred forty three ninety 4390 long distance. one eight four four five six two four seven six six. That's one, eight, four, 5624766 mike's email i self-identify as someone who only recognizes men as men and women as women why can't everyone else self-identify with whatever reality they want except people who self-identify as i do it would seem some, some animals are more equal than others in this brave new animal farm world you like that? You get the George Orwell and the Aldous Huxley mixing them together there. Very good, Mike. Mike always sends me good emails. He's a good thinker. I like Mike. He's a good man. From Eric. Went online to Yahoo Answers to ask the question, what is the percentage of transgender people who revert back to the original sex? The best answer from Yahoo was Zero. All that reverted back were simply misdiagnosed. I think this answer is bunk. I think it is too. <laughs> they were misdiagnosed. How convenient! Oh yeah, we would never want to admit that people changed their mind. Oh yeah, because because we got an agenda we got to promote here. There's a truth we want to push for here. He's got more than one question here, and he conveniently, the, Eric, you're beautiful, Eric has three questions for me on the email and all the questions combined are under six lines so that is brilliant that you know he deserves to have all his questions asked just for you know brilliantly laying out like that they're not just necessary questions but they're pretty good comments here eric's becoming a very very good emailer here what do the leaders of germany france italy holland great britain sweden scotland and the european commission have in common the answer is, now this is huge here, and I knew I knew this to be true, but I'm glad Eric has pointed out, okay? The answer is none of them have any children. Just wondering if these leaders really care about the future of Europe. Well, Eric, I would suggest they don't. I would suggest their abandonment of traditional mores and morality has put Europe's future in a very, very precarious place. But he's right. The leaders of Germany, France, Italy, Holland, Great Britain, Sweden, Scotland, and the European Commission, none of them have any kids. None of them! Then his last comment. Wonder if the liberal left will adopt some sort of friendly greeting like the Hitler salute or perhaps have a brown shirts organization. The hate they put out makes me sick. Anyone who disagrees with this should email in or call in. And I know it is hate. I mean, if, if all you got to do is disagree with them, and you're labeled Islamophobic, you're labeled transphobic, homophobic, and now they're going to charge you with hate crimes simply for disagreeing with their morality. You haven't hurt anybody. All you're doing is disagreeing. You dis... <laughs> I'm telling you, I've I've seen control in cults that is not as drastic as that. And we have, I'll say it, we have cultists that are in power in this nation right now. And you voters in Canada and your neighbors, you keep voting these people in. Three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. 4390. That's 343 700 4390. John, you're getting political again. Stick to the Ask the Pastor stuff. Okay, I'll stick to the Ask the Pastor stuff. I'm doing my best. But I'm going to tell you again, and I tell you almost every Sunday night. And I'm going to keep flogging this until people start emailing me and calling it. Okay, okay, we've read it through 20 times now. You need to read it through 20 times. Read Romans 1, 18 to 32. Romans 1, 18 to 32. tells you what kind of culture we're living in right now. So how do you survive in that culture? Well, you know, there is a template for it. There is an example of how we can survive. You're not going to like how we're going to do it, but it it corresponds very beautifully with what Jesus said. You know, this is the only way you're going to survive. You go to the book of Daniel, and you see a bunch of righteous young men who were raised at a time of spiritual malaise and spiritual compromise in the nation of Israel. We know their names to be Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were taken prisoner by a much, 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 much more wicked culture than what we have today. And Babylon was led by a psychopathic nutcase who had way more authority than he should have had. And not only did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, not only did they survive Babylon, they thrived. Now, Nebuchadnezzar had them all castrated, you know, at the beginning, just to make sure they knew who was boss. But all those guys were educated in Babylon in some of the most occultic practices and divination and sorcery that you can imagine, and yet they were at the top of their class. Figure that out. How did they thrive in the culture? Well, it wasn't just by, you know, sticking to their guns, and they did stick to their guns, and it almost cost them their lives. And please don't look into the metaphor of sticking with their guns. I mean, stick to what they believe. And not compromising their belief in God. But they engaged the culture. People knew them. And they were smart guys. And they didn't go, you know, off in a monastery somewhere and hide. They were going to continue to live the way God called them to live. It's a powerful, powerful story in the book of Daniel. Hey, it's time for me to play another dad's tune. Are you ready for another dad's tune? This one isn't going to be as long. Carry on Wayward Son. Like that was 5 minutes long, okay? Well, this one's a little quicker and it's kind of a it's it's a it's a real fun kind of kind of drama played out between father and son, and I think it's a good light moment that we probably all need right now. And uh, you know, if you ever remember your first car, you know, I'm kind of jealous. I got to confess, okay? You know, confession's good for the soul. The Bible says confess your faults one to another. For, that you'll be healed. I heard a news story this afternoon that really got me jealous, really ticked me off. Some of you know about the high-profile uh, pastor down in Dallas, Texas, T.D. Jakes. Very likable. Everybody likes T.D. Jakes. Oprah Winfrey, that's his, her favorite pastor. She loves T.D. Jakes, okay? Now, the guy pastors at Mega Church, I think he's 60 years old. Do you know, what, you know what they got him for Father's Day today in Dallas, Texas? That stinking guy scored a fully restored Pontiac Trans Am. Somebody has, or the congregation got together for Father's Day. I mean, this guy's a multimillionaire, okay? A pastor, you know? Love and money's root of all kinds of evil. More difficult for a rich man to get into heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of the needle. I mean, that's the Jesus that he supposedly follows. And I don't know, we could get into that if you want to argue about T.D. Jakes. Feel free. But they got him a fully restored Pontiac Trans Am. My first car was a 1973 Formula Firebird with Trans Am fenders. So when I read that, I thought, God, yo! Anyway, you'll probably know why I'm thinking about that when you hear this tune. We're back in a couple minutes. Just just hang with me. I'll get over my neurosis, and you'll call in and straighten me out. How does that sound? My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking
6: if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. You heard the story of the hot rod race with the Fords and the Lincolns was set in the pace. That story is true. I'm here to say I was driving that Model A. It's got a Lincoln motor and it's really souped up that Model A. Body makes it look like a pup. has got eight cylinders and uses them all. Got overdrive, just won't stall. With a four-barrel carb and a dual exhaust with four living gears, you can really get lost. Got safety tubes, but I ain't scared, the brakes are good, the tires fair. Out of San Pedro late one night the moon and the stars was shining bright. We was driving up a great fine hill passing cars like they was standing still. All of a sudden, in a wink of an eye, a Cadillac sedan passed us by and said, Boys, it's a mark for me. By then the tail eye was all you could see. Now the fellas ripped me for being behind, so I thought I'd make the Lincoln unwind. Took my foot off the gas and man alive, I shoved it on down into overdrive. Rounded up to 110, my speedometer said that I hit top end. My foot was blue, like lead to the floor. That's all there is, and it ain't no more. Now the boys all thought, I lost my sense. And telephone poles look like a picket a fence. They said slow down. I see spots, the lines on the road just look like that. Took a corner, side swiped the truck, crossed my fingers just for luck. My fenders was clicking the guard rail post, the guy beside me was white as a ghost. Smoke was coming from out of the back when I started gain on that Cadillac. Knew it could catch him, I thought I could pass. Don't you know by then we'd be low on gas? We had flames coming from out of the side. feel the tension, man. What a ride! I said, "Look out, boys! I got a license to fly." And that he pulled over and let us by. Now all of a sudden she started knocking down in the gym. She started to rock, and I looked and in the mirror. Red light was blinking. The cops was after my hot rod Lincoln. They arrested me and they put me in jail and they called my pappy to throw my bail he said son you're gonna drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot ride Lincoln
1: happy Father's Day Commander Cody that was the name of the band that came out with that tune like in like the late 50s. Now if the, the, it's not the best version of that song though, some of me, some of you uh, under 50 gang uh, you, you'll know the, you know the band Primus, okay? Les Claypool and, and, and Tim Alexander, and I forget what the guitarist name is, but Primus is a they're a pretty heavy band. They're pretty hard to describe though. they they're really their own they got their own type of music. But uh, go on YouTube if you want to hear the best version of Hot Rod Lincoln. They do the best version of that song going. Now, why did you play that one, John? Well, because, you know, it, it is an Ask the Pastor show, and they kind of go a little bit overboard, you know, with uh, the language. And some of you more sensitive types, you know, I, 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 I don't want to be offensive. I only want to tick off evil people, okay? You people that are good people, I don't want to tick you off. I, I want this show to be fun and an encouragement for you. So uh, thanks for tuning in. 343 4390 is the capital region number. That's 343 4390 one is the long-distance line. That's one 844 and that line is good for all across North America. And just for fun, I'm going to read you Maureen's email here. She sends me a ton of emails. I hardly ever read any of them because they're not really for broadcast. She's just a really good lady, But here's, and, and I like this. John, sending you my very best wishes from Vancouver, spending the summer out here, Tuning into your always brilliant broadcast. I hope you had a wonderful Father's Day. Take care, my five-star, two, two-thumbs-up friend. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Thank you, Maureen. You're adorable. She is such a wonderful lady. Been a f- friend of the show for, oh, I'll, I think she started listening like 20, 15, 16 years ago when I was on uh, on CFRA and uh, has been listening ever since and sending me good stuff. And uh, God bless you, Maureen. Good hearing from you. Um, 343-700-4390. Is uh, uh, the number to call now? I, because it's Father's Day, and, and and yet I like these type of stories. You know, I'm I'm a bit of a, you know, I I live, eat, sleep, and die with my Ottawa Senators. Um, but before I moved to, um, before I moved to uh, Ottawa, and uh, it kind of the transition took place when I moved from Southern Ontario to uh, uh, Manitoba. Because when I moved out to Manitoba. You know, Manitoba is just as hockey crazy as, as uh, Ottawa is. And I always loved hockey. I mean, I'm born in Canada. If you live in Canada, you and you're if into sports at all, hockey is part of our life here. It's more than just sports. It's part of our culture. So I've always loved hockey. And, uh, uh, but But because most of my formative years, up until the age of 25, I spent most of my life in the Windsor, Detroit area. And also lived four years in Montreal. So when I was between the ages of 06 and 25, I lived, eat, slept, and dreamt and breathed baseball. In fact, I remember pastoring in southern Ontario, and one of my stock lines used to be, because I was a youth pastor, and I would say, Jesus is my reality, but baseball's my religion. And I played baseball, and I loved it, and I still love it. Um, and, and so this story caught my attention here. Um, I don't follow baseball as closely as I used to because I, I'm consumed with my hockey team here, and I really enjoy the NHL. But uh, haven't turned my back on baseball at all because I, I see, and I still get a chance to play it every once in a while. And uh, um, I've been noticing on the cover of Sporting News, and uh, and uh, some of the other circulars that when I go to Chapters Bookstore and I look over the magazines and I see what's making the baseball headlines. Have you heard of Aaron Judge yet? You heard of Aaron Judge? Now, the only downside about Aaron Judge is he plays for the New York Yankees. Now, I've always rooted for the Detroit Tigers and anybody who's playing against the Yankees. okay, In hockey, I root for the Senators and anybody who's playing against the Leafs. That's a long story I won't get into but the yankees i mean yeah rooting for the yankees it's like rooting for microsoft you know or they're just so big and so powerful and so rich and they, they there were years back in the you know back in the in the in the 40s and the 50s where they were winning all the time and then when steinbrenner came in yeah, they're winning again okay and that's cuz there's no salary cap in baseball okay So they can pay their. I mean, there are third world countries that don't have as large a gross national product as some of the guys who are playing for the New York Yankees make in one year. Okay, so I'm not a Yankees fan. But as I said, when I wander into chapters and I see, you know, what's going on in the baseball world, I keep hearing about this Aaron Judge guy. So when I was researching for the show tonight and I'm going over, you know, some very credible. Uh, 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 news services. I came upon his name, and for those of you who don't know who Aaron Judge is, here's a little bit of a explanation on the guy. Aaron Judge is a big deal. I'm quoting from an article on him here. I mean that literally. At six foot seven and two hundred and eighty pounds, he may be the largest man to ever play in the big leagues. Well now that's not a bad attempt by uh Aaron Eric Metaxas, who's uh, writing the story here. Uh, he's probably in his forties. He doesn't remember Frank Howard, okay? I remember Frank Howard. Frank Howard played for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Washington Senators, and then you know he moved on and played the last few years. I think the Detroit Tigers. This guy was six foot eight, weighed about two eighty, and they joked about him that Frank Howard was the only guy who clanked when he walked he was a monster so there have been players as big but let me continue here okay he's six foot seven weighs 280 pounds as espn's tim kajurkian told his espn colleague tony kornheiser judge fills the entire door opening when he passes through it okay now in may now what why am i telling you about this Because in the month of May, he became the first player to hit 13 home runs in his first 25 games in the major leagues. This guy is a rookie, and he is knocking it out of the park like nobody has ever seen before in their rookie year. Not even Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds. Look at your all, list your, you know, your greatest hitters in baseball in the last 20 years. This guy is a monster as far as his threat to the record book. Okay, Right now he leads at the writing of a uh, uh, Metaxas article well, at the time of the writing. He was leading, and I haven't checked the stats lately, but he was leading the American League in home runs, third in runs batted in, and second in slugging percentage. This guy's a rookie. Okay, so why am I bringing him up now? Well, first of all, it's Father's Day and, you know, us dads, we like our sports and our baseball, but there's more to it than that. Oh, yes, I have an agenda. I always have an agenda. The difference between me and other agenda is they hide their agenda and they try to, you know, let you know how, how, you know, objective they are. And I try to be as objective as possible. But, you know, when you're listening to a guy who the, the thing he cares more about than anything else in the world is lifting up the name of the risen Savior, Jesus Christ, it's going to have a bit of a bend on whatever I've been to the program, you know? So, And I don't hide that. And if you're fed up with the agendas of mainstream media, I would think you appreciate somebody coming right out and telling you where they're coming from, okay? So why am I bringing up Aaron Judge? A little more of the article. Judge's Twitter feed. If you go to Aaron Judge's Twitter feed, he's on Twitter. The first words you read are Christian, faith, family, then baseball. Scroll down a few tweets and you will read, Happy Easter to everyone. He is risen. The nexus between Judge's faith and family is a parent, when you read what he has to say about his parents, he says, I'm blessed. My parents are amazing. They taught me so many lessons. I honestly can't think can't thank them enough for what they've done for me what they've done began with adopting him when he was only two days years old two days year two days old i feel they kind of picked me i feel that god was the one that matched us together crushing baseballs christian faith and adoption not all the news is bad there are some things in our culture that are worth celebrating and i would totally agree now, I have not yet seen this guy play yet, but, boy, I'm going to be looking out for him. The next time I hear about the Yankees being on TV, and if i got some free time, i got to watch this guy because apparently he just inspires awe when he walks. And, of course, Yankee Stadium and Manhattan is just eating this guy up. They think he's wonderful. You know, it's interesting that culture has got so many neg especially in Canada, has got so many nasty, negative, hateful things to people who adhere to biblical principles. But when you actually see somebody living these things out, You know, the common people love these guys. Another good example is Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow down in the States, he's trying to put together a minor league baseball career now, okay? Tim Tebow gets maligned by the media, and he gets made fun of by, you know, late-night talk show hosts like Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel and Conan O'Brien. And, you know, they're merciless with this guy. Like, he's some kind of goody-two-shoes and everything. And, And yet, anybody who... You know, meets Tim Tebow and is around him and sees the impact that he has on normal, common day people, they're just blown away by how good a guy he is. Got another report here on Tim Tebow. Here, Tebow was a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback at the University of Florida. And while his NFL career wasn't nearly as successful, he still had his great moments. But as long, but what has long set Tebow apart, of course, is his Christian faith. It's drawn millions of people to love him. It's also why he's been the object of what George Weigel called irrational hatred. Despite his many charitable efforts and the fact that he doesn't force his faith on anyone. Recently, Barry Saruga spent a day in Hagerstown, Maryland, watching Tebow in action. And he admitted that his initial skepticism, maybe even cynicism, this is a cold, hard journalist here, quickly changed when he saw Tebow interact with the fans, some of whom had driven hundreds of miles to see him. He talked about Tebow's prom experience for kids with special needs called Night to Shine. Sir Luga had this to say to those who are cynical or dismissive about Tebow, as he was, dismissive about Tebow's decision to now play minor league baseball and to question his motives. Before you form your opinion about Tim Tebow, talk to the people who made the pilgrimage here, he said, and look at the smiles in right field in the early evening. Everyone on the show agreed. Kornheiser, who's interviewing him, who's Jewish, even joked that if he had spent a few more minutes with Tebow, he might have ended up converting. He and his guests could not say enough good things about Tim Tebow. I like those kind of stories. I like guys who would live like, you know, when they live like real followers of Christ instead of just, you know, this political, cultural version of Christianity that I don't have time for. I've been playing the best Father's Day tunes ever, okay? And uh, I'm not going to play the best Father's Day tune of all time. I'll let you know that the best Father's Day tune of all time, which I'm probably going to play at quarter to 11 before we you know, leave the program, okay? Because I may want to get some reaction from you. Neither one of these is a so-called Christian tune that's coming up here. But I think they're darn good Father's Day tunes. Especially if you listen to the lyrics. I may like good music, but, you know, you got to have more than good, good music. You know, it's... Gotta have something to it. I think this next one does. I'm going to take a breather, and you enjoy. You enjoy. Are you ready for this? Enjoy the Dave Matthews Band.
7: Oh, I'm choking. I'm choking on the smoke from this burning house. I clawed my but I can't seem to get out. But who then? Who is this that's scratching from the ground?
1: 4 343 4390 that's 343-700-4390, 3 4 3 that is the capital region number, one eight four four five six two four seven six six. 562 that's long distance, one 4 4 562 4766 6. it's Late Night Council, thanks for joining us. Hey, you can't call in if you're listening on podcast, okay? This is live right now. It's 21 minutes after 10 Eastern time, you can call in, you can be a part of the show, and uh, I think you'll enjoy the experience. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. If you want to send me an email, it's got to be under six lines. JC at late night And you can tweet at me at JW Council. Here's another cool article I found here. This one kind of grabbed me. Here's the headline. United Kingdom has far more young Christians than thought. Christian attendance growing amongst teenagers in England. Did you know that? Show me a secular media source that's going to, that's going to promote that story. New research shows that far more young people in Britain are Christian than previously thought, and that thousands of them are converting after visiting a church building. That's kind of weird, eh? They go visit these beautiful grand churches there, and somehow, I guess the Holy Spirit gets a hold of them. I don't know. Back to the uh, article here. More than 20% of people between the ages of 11 and 18 describe themselves as active followers of Jesus, and 13% say they are practicing Christians. Who attend church, according to a study commissioned by Christian youth organization Hope Revolution Partnership and carried out by Comres, the uh, London Daily Telegraph is reporting. Not giving the whole article here, but uh, I, th- I think I tweeted this one out here. If not, it's easy to find. If you want to bug me about it, I can send you the link. The Church of England has also witnessed an increase of 14% in the number of those wanting to become priests. How about that? <laughs> Last autumn, that would be the autumn of 2016, 543 men and women are expected to begin their studies at colleges across England, training people for the priesthood. That's the Anglican priesthood. A report based on an analysis of the British Social Attitude Survey and the European Social Survey, and published in May, revealed that Anglicanism in Britain is beginning to see an upward trend due to a resurgence in, listen to this, and patriotism and pride in Christianity. It said the proportion of those who say they are Church of England worshippers has risen from a low of 16.3% in 2009 to 17.1% in 2015. Now that is significant. I wonder if immigration has something to do with that. Because, you know, Christians that are escaping particularly out of Arab countries and coming to England, I mean, uh, Christians that are escaping from Iraq, Iran, Egypt, uh, Libya, you're looking at some of the most devoted followers of Christ in the world. And England's taken a lot of them in. I wonder if that is, uh, is playing a major role in that, a major factor. I think that's kind of cool, don't you? I think it's very cool. And on to news right here locally. This is in the Ottawa Sun last Thursday. David Reevley's column. Human Rights Court says Catholic schools can't force religion on students. Well, you know, and I know there was abuses, you know, centuries back. You know, I'm thinking of the Crusades, you know, when they would, you know, force people to convert, which is so unbiblical. It is so unchristian. You cannot, you know, you cannot make a case for forced conversions from the Bible at all. Okay? Okay. And, you know, I've put out Quranic verses that, you know, like forced conversion is very, very much a role in, in, in is very prevalent throughout the Quran, not in the Bible. OK. So as soon as I hear a statement from a human rights court, I kind of roll my eyes because our human rights courts in Canada, they don't even operate under the, you know, the, the respected and accepted uh, uh, principles of law. For instance, you cannot face your accusers in a human rights court. Okay, you are you are not guilty until proven innocent in a human rights court. As a matter of fact, if you get hauled in, you are considered guilty until you are proven innocent. And more often than not, especially when it comes to uh, uh, you know uh, attacking people that have questioned uh, a political correctness, you have to spend tons of money before you will be proclaimed innocent, and you will not be compensated for you know the time and the effort and the strife and the stress you can't sue somebody that soiled your reputation if they if they've hauled you before a human rights court so these are if we had any semblance of morality if we had any common sense common sense isn't what it used to be in, in particularly in Canada anymore but if we had any any wisdom any knowledge whatsoever we would pull the plug on these bozo courts immediately for the way that they operate David Revely talks about this. Catholic schools will find it tougher to lean on students to get Catholic educations, thanks to a human rights case over how a girl in central Ontario was treated when her parents wanted to get her out of religious instructions. The point of any religious schooling is to reinforce the inseparability of intellectual and spiritual formation, whereas the point of secular pluralism that defines most of our society is that within a certain broad limit, you get to decide for yourself how to live. We're ramming secular pluralism into religious schooling and the results are getting weird. This is Reevley's words here, not mine, okay? He continues. The Education Act is pretty stark about how completely Catholic school students can be exempted From both, from Catholicism. In other words, if your kid goes to a Catholic school and you want that kid exempted from religious instruction, the Education Act says that they have to exempt you. If parents want their kid to go to a Catholic school but don't want the kid learning to be a Catholic, they put it in writing, and that's that. No student eligible for public education but going to a Catholic school shall be, and this he's quoting the Education Act, shall be required to take part in any program or course of study in religious education on written application to the board, it says. Okay? Well, he highlights a case of uh, one Claudia Sorghini, who's a very brilliant student, but she's not Catholic. She went to Catholic school because all her uh, brothers and sisters, you know, went to Protestant school and she wanted to be, uh, well, not a Protestant, what am I saying? A, a public school and she wanted to be different from them and she wanted to broaden her horizons. And her parents, they're not Catholic, but they thought, yeah, it'd be good, you know, have her learn from, you know, another perspective. Okay, so you, you got to like that, at least I do. Okay. And I won't give you the whole article. You can find it online if you look hard enough for it. Catholic schools, now, and Revely, Revely's article here, Catholic schools have to allow gay-straight alliance clubs, teach the province's sex education curriculum, and not pressure students into participating in Catholic activities. We have publicly funded Catholic schools because of a constitutional anachronism, and we still don't want to grapple with those schools incompatibility with modern pluralism instead we're just making it more and more difficult for catholic schools to be catholic which is kind of hypocritical now there's lots of different sides and angles on this whole topic here but i did want to throw it out there and 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 i look at this is coming from a perspective my grandchildren are in a catholic school okay Three of my four uh, adult children went to Catholic high school, and I am so thankful that my grandkids are in a Catholic school. I am so thankful that my three adult children went to Catholic high school. None of us are Roman Catholic. But, you know, my kids and my, my, my kids, you know, I've been very familiar with what's going on in public school systems and religious school systems and Catholic school systems for the last 35 years, Okay. And I didn't like the thought of my kids' faith being assaulted every day with just about everything that goes on in the public system. So when I found out I could send them to a Catholic system where there would be a little less of that, I was thrilled. At least the name of Jesus Christ is respected in Catholic systems. And yeah, you could find a lot of fault, and I've had people call in, and, well, yeah, well, the Catholic system isn't even believing that anymore. Well, okay, yeah, maybe you're right, but boy, I'll tell you, my all I know is my kids and 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 so many other people that that you know that, that I've pastored over the years i mean it is it is downright persecution if you take a stand for Jesus Christ or biblical morality in public school system you are going to get socially crucified you are going to be ostracized you're going to be considered you know the the the, the school weirdo so that's the perspective I'm coming from and what I'm going to say now you don't you, you, you don't you don't know what I'm going to say now why can't we have funding for other religious faiths in Ontario? Why can't we have what they have in Alberta and Manitoba and British Columbia? Whereas, you know, if, 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 there, if academic standards are met, uh, uh, reach a certain level, you know, there's, there's all in some provinces full funding for systems. Why do the Catholics, and I'm not anti Catholic, but I'm asking this question here because I'm thankful for the Catholic system, but why do the Catholics get a system that's fully funded and all other faiths are excluded? If you're a devout Protestant, you know uh, uh, school system, and you know you you, you are, are are you know you're more passionate about your Christianity. You're as passionate about your Christianity and your faith as anybody, but you don't get full funding in Ontario. I really think that's discriminatory. I mean, isn't the Ontario system one of the worst violators of separation of state and religion? in the free world, and instead of being fair, instead of recognizing that, you know, religious schools, by and large, even though they've got hardly any resources, they do a way better job educating kids than the public system does. I mean, right down the line, in every province in Canada. That's just a fact. They do a great job educating. You would think, you know, if our secular overlords had any... Uh, had any objectivity at all. They would recognize the good job that religious schools do, and, you know, we would get, you know, fair funding. But instead of being fair, they are trying to neuter the Catholic system for all that it's worth. Why? Because the the underlying agenda... With, uh, that's behind progressivism, that's behind political correctness, that's behind you know this cultural whirlwind that has changed so drastically in 40 years is an outright hatred of all things godly and all things biblical. And they are not going to be satisfied until people like me and people who adhere to truly biblical Christianity until either imprisoned or executed. That's the way they operate in North Korea. That's the way they operate in Red China, and that's still in some places. That's the way they operate in Russia as well. And you look at all of the heads of academia. You look at all the heads of government in Ontario, the elected officials in, uh, in Ontario, and and in in uh, in uh, uh, federally and provincially, and certainly culturally, they're heroes. They're heroes, and their their uh, agenda. I mean they pretty much worship at the at the at the you know the communist way of doing things and the left wing socialist eradication of all things biblical and all things Judeo Christian. It's downright hatred. And they think they're pretty good at hiding it, but some of us that know that's really going on, it's glaring. But most people can't see it. Because most people are really lousy students of history because to a great degree academia has revised history. They don't teach kids the insidious you know, uh, uh, propaganda and uh, 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 Orwellian newspeak that was uh, uh, you know, promoted throughout uh, uh, fascist uh, uh, Germany and Italy and communist Russia. And when you get to such extremes like that on the left and the right, there's no difference between them. It's totalitarian. Both of them hate anything that they can't control. And that's one thing they can't control. People who are really serious about their faith. We adhere to a higher authority. Oh, they hate that. They hate the thought that you know that somebody just might be smarter than them. Somebody might have more authority than them. 343 700 4390 That's 343 700 4390 one 844 562 is the long distance line. Good for all over North America. one 844 562 4766 JC at latenightcouncil.com is the email address. You can tweet at me at JW Council. Now I got a really important message for you. And then. And you will agree when you hear the opening tunes of the song that I'm going to play after the important message, you will agree that it's probably the best Father's Day song, the best song about fatherhood that's been written probably in the last 50 years. Don't believe me? Well, we'll be uh, we'll be right back. We'll be right back after these uh, um, uh, you know short messages. Okay, and uh, short message. And you hear the tune. And if you disagree, you call in and tell me so. And if you agree, yeah, John, I'm so glad you played that. I've so loved that all my life. If anything describes perfectly what fatherhood is all about, it's that tune that you played. Back in a minute or two. Stay with us.
5: EMM Group is the authorized IntegraSpec distributor for the greater Ottawa area, providing technically advanced insulated concrete farms. The design virtually eliminates waste while providing the ultimate energy-efficient, quiet homes and structures. With over 40 years' experience in the concrete industry, EMM offers the best product to homeowners and contractors. Canadian-made IntegraSpec is now being used worldwide. More info can be found at IntegraSpec.com. Don't consider building any other way. Call your ICF specialist 613-835-2600.
3: The day he came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away, and he was talking for a new it, and as he grew. son's moved away I called him up just the other day I said I'd like to see you if you don't mind he said I'd love to dad if I can find the time you see my new job's a hassle and the kids have the flu but it's sure nice talking to you dad it's been sure nice talking to you and as he hung up the phone it occurred to me grown up just like me My boy was just like me
1: There is no better fatherhood song than Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. That is the best fatherhood song, I think, that's ever been written. Harry Chapin was a great dad, five kids, killed in a car accident in Long Island, gone too soon. And, uh, you know, if you're a dad, if that doesn't pull at your heartstrings, you're made out of stone. I have two very successful sons, both of them married to gorgeous girls, and they're not just gorgeous looking, they're just, you know, sunshine and light wherever they are. Both of them called to wish me happy Father's Day today. One of them is tremendously successful in Los Angeles, and the other is... Uh, He's so he's a pastor, and he's so successful, he almost scares me he's so successful. Now, what does success mean? I don't know. But we've all got our measurements of success. And from every measurement that I know, I, I mean, I don't think there's a dad that's more proud of their kids than I am. But every time I hear that tune, you know, long since retired, my sons have moved away. I called them up just the other day. Well, I'm very thankful they call me at least as much as I call them. And we text all the time. I hope somebody wished you Father's Day today. A happy Father's Day if you're a dad. And I hope you got a hold of your dad. Because, you know, everybody calls their mom on Mother's Day. But, in fact, the most popular time for phone usage, public phone usage in prisons, is on Mother's Day. Father's Day doesn't even register. In fact, there's hardly any more significant calls from prisons on Father's Day than any other day. I would say that's a telling stat. Who we got on the line here? You're on live with yours yes, truly. Mary
0: from Alexandria. Hi,
1: Mary. How you doing? What's on your mind?
0: Not too, not too bad. Uh, you, you're good too. Happy Father's Day.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I had a good Father's Day today. Now, my wife, I was all alone in the house today because my wife, her sister, flew in from Edmonton to Toronto. And the four kids in her family decided to surprise my father in law, who's in a nursing home, suffered a horrible accident about two years ago. But all four kids, and they didn't know that Heather was gonna be driving down from Ottawa, they surprised my father in law today for Father's Day. So I don't wow. mind giving up uh, you know, being alone for Father's Day if my wife can pull that off for you know, my dad died twenty seven years twenty seven years ago, so my father in law is really the you know, I got a stepdad, but uh my father-in-law has been with me since I've been married, so he's pretty special to me too, you know. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, I was calling about uh, you know, the uh, the Catholic school system. Yeah. Where I think where I think it all started, it is a while back uh, when uh, Canada, when the, the English and the French fought, and the English won on the Plains of Abraham. Uh, but uh, it was mostly the territory of Quebec. Uh, And at one point, the Americans were very interested in getting all these Quebecers, well, the French people, to go on their side to get rid of the British, okay? And the British, what they saw, they they spoke to the the people who were Catholic. Most of them were French-speaking. They told he. uh, They told him, look, you know, stay with us, we'll take good care of you, you'll be able to have uh, British um, criminal law, and you'll be able to keep your own religion and speak your language. So it was kind of like a deal, because otherwise, you know, like... Yeah, but that has no bearing now, because the
1: Catholic system has been defunded in Quebec. I know, but that's when the deal happened. Well, I mean, it wasn't
0: okay?
1: like it wasn't really well, like that, Mary. I mean, that it, that's a bit of historical backing, but that really wasn't the deal. The deal was that the public school system, at least in Ontario, was so Protestant and was so Christian that the Catholics felt, hey, you know what, this isn't fair. You know, you've you got your own system here that promotes uh, uh, Christianity in a Protestant way. We demand equal time. And it was part of the Confederate deal, and Quebec was involved. But it was, as far as Ontario was concerned, the reason why Ontario continued with the Catholic system and is still funded to this day was because the public system was so Protestant, it was so Christian, that they were promoting one faith over another. Well, now you know the the only thing that's promoted is the is the religion of pluralism, and they kind of give lip service that say that you know well we still fund the Catholic system, but it's not a fair system at all. It's not fair at all because there well, are right there are excellent excellent you know religious schools in Ontario that do a better job educating kids than the Catholic or the or the public system. But they don't get funded, and the reason they don't get funded is because of bigotry and discrimination. It's nothing more than that. And they can they can talk about their fairness and their inclusiveness. That's BS, okay? It's bigotry, and they want to make sure that the secular religion of pluralism is the only thing that gets proper funding. And they're doing everything they can on the side to defund the Catholic system. But the fact is, you know, as long as there's a Catholic system, that is promoting one religious faith over all the others. And that's a, a classic a violation of the true principles of a, of a separation of church and state
0: uh, perhaps but th- that i'm telling you like one of the one of the events that took place which began the whole thing i don't know about ontario because i haven't well I, 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 I what you're saying far, i know it's historical but fact rest- but
1: that but but what you're suggesting though bears no relevance yeah on the system now because of what's going on in Ontario, because they've totally defunded the Catholic system in Quebec, and yet the the, the violation of the principles of church and state continue here in Ontario. And the reason is because the public system used to be so... Powerfully Christian in a Protestant sense that it wasn't fair to the Catholics, and those are the only two main faiths back, you know, before Confederation when Ontario was the, you know, oh, uh, sure. uh, coming, you know, a part of the rest of the uh, provinces that started in 1867. But that's that's the real reason we have now, and it's never been examined. And it's, uh, I mean, there are other provinces where they're way more fair. Than what goes on in Ontario, but in Ontario voters don't seem to mind. Voters continue, you know, they like being lied to. They like having, you know, being ripped off and 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 uh, billions of their dollars wasted on harebrained, crazy schemes. And uh, they just keep voting in the thieves over and over and over again. I mean, it's I've a political always, thought, and I reserve uh... the right to be wrong. But I think the dumbest vote, the dumbest voters in the in in the free world, live in this province. But that's just an opinion. <laughs>
0: Totally. I totally
1: yep. agree with that. <laughs> Mary, thanks for your call. All right.
0: Well, that was just my little two
1: cents. Well, it's worth a lot more than two cents to me. Always love having you on. Good having you on. 343 4390 That's 343 4390 Can we squeeze in another call? Come on. Yeah, you could fit in another call. I still got time to fit you in. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. 844 562 4766 I love this article I ran across because I- I've been so skeptical of the whole self-help movement oh you gotta believe in yourself oh you just gotta reach down in yourself and you know people trying to get in touch with their inner self that is so unbiblical you know that in fact there's even you know the whole self-help movement is as crept into christianity and they've kind of christianized it you know and here's the scripture they use which is a total mistranslation and it's it's I mean, you talk about proof texting. Proof texting texting is is taking isolated scriptures to back your harebrained, you know, silly philosophy, okay? The best interpreter scripture is other scriptures. If you want to know how to live... Look at what the Bible says. Look what a lot of scriptures say about the topic. Instead of picking one and basing, basing a cult on it, and I call this the Christian cult of self-help, where they say, "Well, you got to forgive yourself. Jesus forgave you, so you got to forgive yourself." You know, love your neighbor as yourself. And here's the here's the heresy: you can't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor until you love yourself. Oh, come on! As if that's justification for obsessive obsessive egotism. That's what self-help is at is at its core. I'm the center of the universe. I'm more important than anybody. So I came across this uh, this article by a guy by the name of Shane Pruitt. And here's the title. Why Believe in Yourself is Awful Advice. Now remember, please don't jump on this guy. He's coming from a biblical perspective. Because if you go into the Bible, what it really says about self and how dangerous self is, you wouldn't go around loving yourself. In fact, the word says, don't think of ways to gratify the flesh. Okay. That's going to do you in. I'm going to quote Shane Prude a little bit here. No one has misled you more than you've misled yourself. No one has lied to you more than you've lied to yourself. No one has hurt, distracted, or hindered you more than you have. In fact, the more that you believe in yourself, the deeper the ditch that you find yourself in. Now, it's not cynical, skeptical, you know, doom and gloom here. He says, thankfully, the Bible offers us hope and rescue from ourselves. By giving us great reasons why you shouldn't just believe in yourself. You know, this is just a personal thing. When Jesus saved me from my sins, he saved me from John Council. Because I know the devil was defeated on the cross, okay? The devil's got no authority over people that, you know, put their faith in Christ. But this John Council guy, oh, he's something else, man. He gets me in trouble like you wouldn't believe. But when Christ came into my life, he not only saved me from sin, he saved me from self. He saved me from John freaking counsel. Back to Shane Pruitt here. Believing in self caused the fall of the human race. The serpent Lucifer tempts Adam and Eve with the very same thing that got him booted out of heaven, telling them, in essence, you can and will be like God. There's no reason to trust God any longer because you can be like God yourself. He got them believing in themselves more than trusting God's direction. This is good stuff here. Now remember, this is for, this is for serious followers of Christ here. If you just, you know, for the traveling show, you know, like, and you kind of like, oh yeah, I think I'll check out Christianity. No, this is people that really listen to what Jesus says and take what he says seriously. Believing in self is the opposite of what Jesus taught. The fundamental statement that Jesus gave us about following Him was not for us to believe in ourselves, but rather the exact opposite: deny yourself, He said. And He quotes the Scripture from Matthew sixteen twenty four. Then Jesus told His disciples. Now, notice He doesn't say this to the crowds. You know they're following Him around for the magic healing show, and you know for free food, and you know the he, all that stuff. No, no, He says this to His disciples, the other ones that are the ones that are serious about following Him. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Faith in its purest form is believing in God rather than believing in myself. When I attempt to believe in myself by being in control, it actually causes me to suffer from stress, worry, and anxiety because I'm trying to do a job that is way above my pay grade. Then he quotes Paul in Galatians 2. This is Paul, okay? Okay guy who wrote more than half the New Testament, easily the second most godly guy in the New Testament, okay? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And Jesus himself says in John 15, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing talks about, I'm the vine, you are the branches, okay? And if you're hooked into me, if you abide in the vine, you follow me, okay, then you're going to have life. But if you cut yourself off and think that you're going to do it on your own, forget it, you're lost. Does that sound stark? Am I in your face too much? You're not going to get candy-coated self-help stuff here. I'm more interested in promoting truth. And my measure of truth is what Christ says truth. If i got to choose between Christ or some multimillionaire preacher on TV that doesn't, you know, that ignores whole sections of the Bible. I'm going to go with Jesus every time. Sorry. I mean, this whole thing about cultural Christianity, you know, where, you know, and Lowell Green, I love him. Some of you in the in the capital region here know Lowell Green, who's been on CFRA forever. And I heard him, I would say, hear him say often on the radio, I'm a Christian because I'm born in a, in a Christian country. That's his definition of a Christian. And a lot of people agree with him. And I used to do the lunch bunch with them, and we'd get into it. So, oh, Lowell, you think you're a Christian because you're born in a Christian country. So if you were born in a chicken coop, Lowell, would that make you a chicken? If your mom gave birth to you at the airport, would that make you an airplane? I understand the cultural understanding of Christian, but that's not, that does not come from the Bible, and the Bible is the originator of the term Christian. You want to know what a real Christian is, you go to the Bible. There's a lady by the name of Emily Fuentes, and she is the Director of Communications at Open Doors USA, and I'm reading what the, what, who she is, a global advocate for persecuted Christians. Hear that? She's the Director of Communications for an organization that advocates for persecuted Christians, and they work in the most restrictive and oppressive countries in the world, where Christians are being killed and put in prison, simply for their faith. And she comments on this whole cultural Christianity thing. Here's the title of the article. Are you mature enough to handle this? Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Some of you are going to be ticked off. What if God does not want a Christian nation? How do you like that, eh? That's the title of the article she just wrote. What if God does not want a Christian nation? Now, before you go thinking that I'm some kind of weirdo here, let me quote her a little bit. If you read the instructions to the church in the New Testament, it's not in the context of a Christian nation but rather as a small persecuted minority. This is why there is such a focus to prepare to be either persecuted or even killed for one's faith. The church in America often laments about losing its status as a Christian nation when a culture war occurs. But could it be that we were never intended to Christianize a nation? When we busy ourselves with fighting legal battles to maintain a place of privilege, we are spending time, money, and energy that would be better spent helping the poor and disenfranchised. When we get so wrapped up in following those who claim to protect a Christian nation, it becomes difficult to analyze whether they are truly working to advance the kingdom of God. Our faith becomes a warped version of nationalism, resulting in destructive consequences. Do you like where she's coming from? I do. Oh, man, I love this. While working with persecuted Christians, you see somebody that works with persecuted Christians where there's real persecution, I have to listen to pay attention to them. Because you've probably heard of the concept in, 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 in Canada, in the United States, of first world problems. Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do if the extremist Muslims take over? You know, Will they have Wi-Fi in the prison camps? That's typical of first world problems there, okay? Let me quote Emily a bit more here. While working with persecuted Christians, I have learned a great deal from their faith. The Bible says our faith is refined by persecution, and I have witnessed this from Christians in more than 60 countries where they face real persecution. It is enduring persecution that has deepened their faith, not being part of a Christian nation. I'm not advocating that we seek persecution, but rather that we do not try so hard to avoid it. We need to accept the challenges inherent to the faith rather than strive for Christian nationalism, which results in a watered-down version of what faith should really be. I can't argue with her. I have to agree, and I have to agree wholeheartedly. Hey, look at nobody wants persecution. But you go down, you go down through history in the last two thousand years. The most gutsy, devoted followers of Christ are the ones who had to pay for it, pay with it with their lives. Eleven out of the twelve disciples died horrible martyr deaths, and the one who didn't die a martyr's death, John. Died in banishment on the Isle of Patmos, and he was boiled in oil. They tried to kill him, but he survived. He was the only one that didn't die a martyr's death. He died in his 90s. The rest of them paid with their life. Well, of course they would. Jesus told his followers, all men will hate you because of me. They killed the prophets. They're going to be coming after you as well. In fact, Jesus said, beware when all men speak well of you. Jesus wasn't crucified for saying nice, political, correct things, okay? Remember that. If you're a follower of Christ, you follow somebody who was killed, who is killed because he would not compromise what he knew to be true. I'm out of time. I got callers waiting on hold, and I don't have time to put them on the air. And my apologies. Hey, if you want to continue this on Twitter, or you want to email me, or you want to keep this going. I mean, that's what Facebook is for, for, okay? And you can download the podcast and listen over and over again. Thanks for tuning in. We're back at it again next week, 9 o'clock to 11. Don't forget to listen to Nick at Night right here on latenightcouncil.com. You go to the website, click uh, the Listen Live on Wednesday night. He's live Wednesday night, 9 to 11. He's way more political than me. He's got the stomach for it. I don't as much. My passion is my passion is, 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 is seeing The power of Jesus Christ transform lives. And unless that happens in Canada, I don't care who you elect. Right wing, left wing. The bird died long ago. Outside of the transformation that comes from Jesus Christ, we're not going to see any cultural relevant change in this country at all. But that's my opinion. And you're always going to get to share yours on this show. Good having you on. Thanks for tuning in. It's been, what do they say, a slice? Yeah. I guess that would be appropriate. Have a decent evening. you still got an hour left if you're in the Eastern Time Zone. You can call Dad. Wish him Happy Father's Day. If you're doing that and he's asleep, I don't think he's going to be too ticked off. Have a good night.